a Lifetime original podcast. Megan has a story for every single beat. I really do. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. I didn't know they were sisters until 75% of the way through the film. You can say I'm in real estate because you technically are. You are inside of real estate. They should have alligators in a moat surrounding the person and they should just frisbee the book over. This movie is called Hider in My House, Not Lover in My Heart. I guess we're supposed to be like, you can't treat Florissa that way. Psycho! <laughs> Molly? Hello and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am Megan Gailey, joined by my co-host, who I also love. I love a Naomi Ekparrigan. Oh my God, that was a good one. Megan, great to see you. <laughs> the hair's looking blown out. Oh wow, thank you. And beautiful. Oh, I did a self-tape yesterday. Took me hours. Well, I did see you post it on Instagram. You, jo- you said Conrad's for self-tape, yeah. which... Did he actually appear? I would have loved if he appeared in the video. He appeared. (laughs) Tell us everything. Did it call for a baby? No, it did not. No, it did not. But I put him, you know, it was something sports specific. So I put him in a Colts onesie with little Colts booties. And I was supposed to do the audition in person, but I had COVID. And so I was doing a self-tape instead. And I said, you know what? I'm going to really try and seal this deal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to bring my, my baby in. Had him at the very end. Mm-hmm. We complimented two people on the network I was auditioning for. One of them <laughs> is a robot. Um, <laughs> but I think if we don't get it, I'm filing a harassment claim that they don't like my baby. Exactly. Exactly. It would, be, it would really be discrimination against a mother. Discrimination. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> you harassed me. They're like, we've never met you, bitch. <laughs> That is harassment. Oh, God. How are you? What's going on? What's going on in the professional life of one of the fastest rising stars of Hollywood? That is the kindest thing you've ever said to me. And you've said so many things. Look, (laughs) your girl's out here trying to come up with new material in these streets. Oh, God. So that, I think, has been the thing. It was funny. I I said to Andy last night, I was all like, I was like, wow, it feels good. I think I've got like 15 minutes coming together. And I was like, and then I felt like I was, I was like, and I felt like it was like, what, two months where I just, I was just kept planning about nothing. And then he goes, more like six months. <laughs> he was oh! like, you've, been, you've been saying you've got nothing. And I go, oh, well, then maybe I should be less proud of myself if it's taking me this long. But no, a new 15, that'll give you a little pop in your step. I'm trying to get it together because it's not until November, but I'm headlining at Vermont Comedy Club, a place I love. And I was like, oh, that means I have to do 45 minutes to an hour. So where are we going to get that? <laughs> Naomi, that is so thoughtful of you because you know people are out on this road I know. doing hours that they've been doing since 1997. <laughs> you know, just being like, so Shania Twain. And you're like, Shania Twain? <laughs> Look, I just want to be, I want to be a successful woman, you know, a successful woman who has money for a penthouse, like the lead of today's yeah, movie. The, you know? uh, listen, you're a writer's block, which I'm not calling it that, Andy, no, obviously. Is. Oh, never mind. Nobody is. Nobody is calling uh, no, it, it is. that Absolutely. because it has broken. The break is over. <laughs> the block is over. The block is broken like Michelle Williams doing Taekwondo against it. <laughs> but yes, this this ties in perfectly to our film which is a 
premiere yes. called Hider in My House. Yes. Molly Bachman, a young best-selling author, buys the apartment of her dreams in the city. Gold. The city. Yeah. As she settles in ready to start work on her next novel, she gets the feeling that she is being watched. Upon discovering the dark history of the apartment, what lies behind the walls leads to a shocking revelation. Oh my God. This one had the twists and the turns. And what's even better, you guys, we have a special guest for you this episode. Not only are we over here talking about our lifetime premiere, but we have the pleasure, the honor of speaking with one of the leads, the wonderful Thomas Gibson, who woos our main character, Molly. Absolutely. You are going to hear all about his character, Kyle, in a second. But you may also know him from a little program that I am addicted to, (laughs) the hot reality TV show, Temptation Island. There's a reboot. It's on USA, and Mama (laughs) loves it. Um, So we are so happy Tom is making the jump from acting to reality to back to acting to lifetime realness and is sitting down with us. So stick around after the recap to hear about all his time on set making Hider in My House. Now, without further ado, we're going to get into it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The movie starts and we're kind of in this muted, not quite sepia tone, but like a little muted where you're like, okay, is this the past? That is the energy <laughs> I'm getting. That's what I'm not sure. And we see a little kid playing by himself in his house and we hear the two adults arguing. And the man, Daniel, is telling the woman, Grace, that her son has to go away because of his violent tendencies. He's out of control. He's violent. Punching holes in the walls, he scratched her face. It's an accident. Wake up, Grace. He has problems we can't help him with. Yes, we can. Well, and the reality is it's their son. But he's like, I don't like him. Right? Like, the way he's talking to her, it doesn't feel like they're married. At first, I was like, is he just a dude who's talking to Grace? Because it didn't seem romantic. And when you say the past, I thought this was 1945. I thought we were fresh from World War II. Because, like, the way, like, the outfit, the way it's shot, the coloring. And then he's also playing with, like, a toy. Like a wooden train. (laughs) Old-timey. Like, I'm like. Can we get a switch up in here? I know. Um, and so, I know. yeah, I was shocked to then see like 20 years or early. I'm like, wait, that was 2002? I know. Because immediately Grace, though, when he says that, she's like, no, I don't want to send my son away. And she is like, and Daniel leaves and she like sits down in front of her son and she's like, these walls will keep you safe. I'll keep you safe. And it's like, what? Why are you saying the walls are going to keep him safe? That's like your first problem. Well, yeah. And honestly, I'm like, oh, great. A psychotic little boy. You know, just what I need to be watching right now. And I honestly think that we we let you guys know that Julie, our former producer, has gone on to greener pastures. That doesn't mean (laughs) someone died, right? No. Correct. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
I was like, wait, is that when they're like, they went to a farm? And it's like, not a farm. It's obviously heaven. Um, no, Julia's alive and well and just had a different job. I think her parting gift to me was like, I'm going to pick every film to terrify Megan after having a baby boy. <laughs> well, 20 years later, you think perhaps are we going to stay with this dark, sick little boy? Because we cut to 20 years later and we see two young white women walking into what appears to be the same apartment from 20 years earlier. Mm -hmm. And the blonde gal, Molly, she can afford this, like, what is the penthouse, you guys? Because her first book is a bestseller. And the asking price for the apartment was way too low, given how huge it is. Which, to me, first red flag. Red flag. Absolutely. Now, the redheaded woman, who turns out to be her sister, Bella. I didn't know they were sisters until 75% of the way through the film. <laughs> I know. I'm like, these two gal pals that met in college. I know. And I guess that's just because it's like, I see a redhead and a blonde, and I go, no. Right. Friends. Friends. That's what I thought, too. I thought they were besties. And it took me a while. I had to, like, rewind, too, to be like, wait, sister? Is she the sister? But she's going to stay with Molly for a while. And she's been able to afford this, as Naomi said, because of this best-selling book. Well, you deserve it. We deserve it. <laughs> and the book was based on something traumatic that happened to Bella, we get the impression of. It winds up being an experience that happens to both of them that Molly writes about. And I'm like, did Bella get like a cut of the money? You know, like, Naomi, if I wrote a best-selling book about a night out we had, <laughs> you're getting a kickback. Thank you. She's like, yeah, I'm staying here. It's like, no, she needs to be on the title to that house. Interesting. You think that because for me, I'm like, Molly isn't doing enough because the next morning, Bella is like, is there any way you could swing by the grocery store again? We really need coffee. And I felt like, why can't Bella go get the groceries? What is she doing? She's an able-bodied adult, but... You know, as you're saying, perhaps this is part of, you know, Bella was like, if the you want to use our story, I will be doing nothing. I mean, I still think she's getting the short end of the stick if she's just getting her to go get coffee. Because as we see, she gets the wrong damn kind. <laughs> she buys decaf and it's like, nobody wants decaf coffee. And I don't even drink coffee. And I know that. But yeah, I think it's because, you know, when people assume this about you and I, I'm sure it's like, well, they don't really do anything during the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She is a she is a writer who cannot seem to write at the moment, Molly. But the thing we do see before that morning when Bella's like, would you go to the grocery store? We do see Molly has a nightmare about being attacked. And she like wakes up in the middle of the night with a start. And we don't know what that nightmare, you know, is yet. It's like, did that happen? Is it just the vibes of this new apartment? Is she just an anxious person? We're not sure. But the next morning when Bella leaves the apartment, we see her being followed by a creepy dude, okay? We're talking disheveled shirt and tie. A maroon button-down. Maroon. Now, that is a bad sign. Absolutely. Okay? <laughs> button-downs, I imagine white, light blue, mm -hmm. maybe a, a tight check. Yeah. Gingham. A maroon button-down to me says, oof, like out-of-work substitute teacher. Absolutely, absolutely. Says, like, whatever I could find in the bottom of the bin, the bottom of my closet, you know? And he, like, looks scrub. You know, like, I, I honestly was like, this is a man who, like, maybe just got released from being incarcerated and was given, like, a sack of clothes. Right. Um, and <laughs> absolutely. I thought he was the guy from whatever happened to them years earlier. Yes. Ragamuffin. Yes. And, like, the fact that he follows Bella... You know, and while that's happening, Molly's at home and she's hearing weird sounds. No, I heard something. Someone. 
But then when she does go to the grocery store, as Bella requires, we see the same creepy guy following Molly, right? So it's like, okay, he's following both sisters. He's got to be the bad guy, you know? But I will say, this is the moment when I'm immediately on Molly's side because she clocks this guy following her and she immediately, like, evades him. She pretty much, like, hides behind a post. Like, she hides kind of, like, in the entry to an alleyway so that he walks by her. She waits for him to get way far ahead before she keeps walking, okay? Mm -hmm. Which I said, okay, we got a smart one. We got a smart one on our hands. I love when... The lead is a smart gal. I would not have done that. Like when when she did that, I was like, "How do you know if someone's following you?" <laughs> I say better daylight. safe than sorry because I'm that <laughs> way all the time. I was like walking with Andy, and I was like, "This guy seems to be peeling off and following us from the gas station for no reason." I go across the street over to where people are. Like I wow. was not playing, and and then of course, who knows? But at least I didn't get robbed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, good morning. <laughs> I've got like real bell energy. Bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. You know, <laughs> I was walking around the neighborhood, pushing a stroller, eating a banana this morning. <laughs> it could have swiped me, bonked me in the head and stolen my husband's AirPods I was using. <laughs> the, the apartment, it has this real like hazy effect. Like I think they used a fog machine. Did you know, like, every time we're in there, I'm like, what? Did they just cook chicken? Like, it's really, you could cut through that air. I didn't notice that. I wonder. Maybe I, but it looked, yeah, it almost looked like fog, cigarette smoke. I was Mm. like, maybe Molly rolled a joint to try and get that writer's block popping. Which it doesn't, because when she has a meeting with her publisher and her agent, there's just sort of like a silent, supportive black woman there. Yep. Heather, who is the publisher, is like, Deadly Lies, they tell, was a huge success for us, Molly. But you're only as good as your next book, right? Give me a week, Heather. It's right there. I can feel it. And I'm like, excuse me? Well, Heather's also a real pain in the ass because basically throughout the movie, the only person who's even talking to Molly is Heather, texting her every damn day going, do you have it? Do you have it? Did you do it? Do you have it? A week doesn't seem realistic to write a novel, right? Well, no, I think it's like, I guess an outline outline or something, which again, still doesn't feel like enough time, but who knows how long. I'm like, did you get an advance? How big is the advance? Like if Heather had said, we need our 200 grand back, I'd be like, okay, the stakes are high. You need to get this done. But we don't know. When this happens, it's sort of like these type of deadlines stress me out because I have been on a deadline before. Like, I'm like, oh no, Molly. No, don't go there. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, no, you need to ask CJ to get you Starbucks. Like, I'm like, Molly, where are you going? Don't go to the grocery store. Like, it really, I don't know, it's triggering to me. Do you find that? No. Oh. But it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I I guess you don't struggle to get your uh, character breakdowns written. Oh, all the time. But I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh, welcome to the world, girl, what I've seen in the movie. (laughs) As Molly runs out of the alley, you know, once the creepy dude is out of her sight, she bumps into a cute guy named Kyle are Thomas Gibson, honey. And it's a real meet cute. They literally bump into each other. They both have groceries and they fall to the floor and her paper bag breaks. And then he offers to carry her groceries to her house saying, I can head that way. I don't want to bother you. Not at all. Dangerous killers don't walk around with groceries. And I, that's when I took my first issue with Kyle. I said, I'm sorry, um, killers got to eat too. I don't know yeah. if that logic tracks, okay? Because killers do have groceries. Wasn't it Ted Bundy who was, like, charming or something? Yes. And they, he's always the one that people are like, he was hot. And it's like, oh, no, he was not. He was, like, fine, I guess. But I do think he was like, let me help you with your gro-. I think that's, like, what one of his moves was. <laughs> 
So it's like, yeah, they do. Killers carry anything. Exactly. They want they want you to be as off guard as possible. What are you talking about? But again, as Naomi said, our girl Molly is smart. She's like, no, it's okay. Like they they walk for a little bit, and then she's like, I can maybe show you around sometime. Oh, I was quick. And then she throws him off by walking into a different apartment complex. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is me. And she like gets mm-hmm. into the building's lobby. She watches him walk away and then she exits and she keeps walking. But Kyle sees her do this. Kyle sees her walking out of that building and like kind of smiles to himself. It's like, yeah, he. it feels kind of Lifetime Christmas movie. Like, it feels like, oh, he's good. Yeah, he's v cute. He's like, oh, look at her. He, like, seems like a smitten kitten. And you're thinking to yourself, is Molly going to find love? And is this love going to remove the writer's block? That's what I'm wondering, right? Something different. But, no, this movie is called Hider in My House, Not Lover in My Heart. And that night, we see Bella sleeping, and we see, like, a hand pull the covers off of her. Ew! I know. But then she like gets up and she grabs the light, but no one's there. No. And then when she tells Molly about it, Molly's like, I appreciate the attempted inspiration. I do. I'm not trying to inspire you. Okay, don't get mad. And it's like, weren't you too? Like, didn't something terrifying happen that you wrote a damn bestseller book about? Also, though, weren't you just out? During in broad daylight getting groceries and doing fake outs behind alleys. You know what I'm saying? Like you're the yeah. one who's watching for stalkers, and yet you think Bella is making stuff up? I was like, you seem to be like ready for danger at any moment, Molly. Why are you blowing her off? This is when I should have known they were sisters and not friends. Because it's, <laughs> it's very sister to be like, no, you're fine. And a friend would be like, who was it? Let's get to the bottom of it. You know, I should attract it. But the thing is, I don't have a sister. I yeah. only have brothers, and they Annoy, ignore, buy me dinner. They do buy me dinner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thank you for that, Michael and Ryan. Later that day, we see Kyle walking down the street. Obviously, he's in the neighborhood if he's like walking around. And he sees a sign in a bookstore advertising Molly's upcoming book signing. And so, he's, so you know, they parted and, you know, she didn't give him her number. He didn't no. give her his. So like, you know, you thought maybe they're meeting and like, how are they going to find each other again? But of course, hello. So he goes inside the store, grabs himself a copy of her book, which we are like, okay, wow, this is huge. He's gonna, he's into her. But that night, you know what? Molly ain't even think about him. She is home alone and she has another nightmare about being held captive. And this time in the nightmare, she's being tied to a chair. So, you know, again, with each nightmare, we're starting to piece together like what, what happened. happened. Yes, because the nightmares feel flashbacky. Yeah. Too. I had a nightmare last night that was. I went to a movie and then was asked to participate. It was not good. And then my friend, Jill, was babysitting Snooky, and Snooky was the size <laughs> of my son, but was Snooky. <laughs> so that's a flashback I'm going through. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is baby brain, some sort of hormonal imbalance that's terrifying. So now we're at this book signing. Molly is reading an excerpt from her book, and then she is doing a meet and greet. After she gets a standing ovation. That Kyle leads. Kyle is the first yes. one to start the standing O, okay? He's like <laughs> clapping. He's like he's like a dad at a recital. He is so excited yeah. for her. He's like so into it. <laughs> and then everyone starts to... They're like, yeah, okay. Okay, I guess we're standing up. And then he comes up, you know, it's his turn to get the book signed. And listen to this little exchange they have. 
I hope you don't think this is too fan-stalker. Would you like to have dinner with me sometime? I don't know. I... It's okay. No, I know. I'm putting you on the spot. No, you're not. Now, Megan, question for you. What do you think of him asking her out as a line of people stand behind him waiting to get their book signed? It's my dream come true. What? You know, to be like, these people are not only here to listen to my work, they're also going to find out that I'm a badass bitch. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, go, Molly. I mean, yeah, that's, that was what, that was what I was thinking. I was horrified, and I know you are too, that there, so Molly is sitting at a table, as happens at a book signing or a meet and greet, and then there's a chair across from her, which I guess is there for people to sit down while they get their book signed. This is a no, 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 no. You keep it moving. You keep it moving at a signing. Why would you give somebody the opportunity to sit a foot away from your face and tell you all the emotions? And you, they, there actually shouldn't even be a table. Like there should be <laughs> nothing. There should be like a moat. Yep. They should have a, they should have alligators in a moat surrounding the person and they should just frisbee the book over. <laughs> I've heard of very famous comedians that do meet and greets. I know of a specific one who has his meet and greet before the show. So there's a time limit yes, on it. Absolutely. Or it'll go hours. So it's like 30 minutes before the show, cut off and get yep. their check, do their show out of there. That's the only way to do it. At the apartment that night, Bella is like, you gotta go out with this guy. But what Molly is saying is like, every time I see a stranger look in my direction, it's like it's him. But the next day, Molly calls up Kyle and takes him up on his dinner offer, and they make plans for that evening. I know a great Italian place called Fratelli's on 17th Street. Shall we say seven? Seven is perfect. No, 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 no. I feel like I would need prep time, especially yeah. if I have not been on a date in four years like Molly. I'd have to be like, I'd have to get zen. I'd have to shave my legs. I'd have to remember how to have conversations. I don't know what day my hair is on. You know, exactly. like if it's not a, I'm going to wash my hair or the day after I wash my hair, we're not going on a date. You know, right. like right now I'm on day five. If someone was like, let's go out tonight. I'd be like, that's not going to work for me. I'm truly like one of those ladies in an old timey movie. That's like, I'm staying in to wash my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, can I ask you a question? When they had the meeting at the bookstore, he put a $20 bill in the book. Was that for the coffee? Because he like accidentally took it. I have no idea. Okay. I didn't understand <laughs> what the $20 bill was about. He was like, I'll tell you what, here's another contribution to my new favorite writer. Has anyone ever given you money like that after a show? No, but I have had random people Venmo me. Well, was it during the civil rights remix of 2020? I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, but I mean, like recently, like someone just out of the blue just Venmoed me 50 bucks. 50? Like shortly after my letter been sent. And it was just like, oh, I was like, thank you. But what? That's amazing. I know. Okay, then the last you guys, I'm <laughs> at Better Megan Gailey. I'm, I'm assuming you're at Black Dress. I'm at Naomi Dashik Paragon. Oh, okay. But you'll see, you'll recognize my avatar. Just yeah, Venmo is whatever you feel in the moment, you know? <laughs> 60, 69 cents, whatever. I get a lot of Venmo requests from strangers. Really? There's two people that slide into my Venmo requests 
almost weekly that are like, I just need five dollars. My, you know, yeah, what, whatever. And going on. and the thing is, it's like I'll do it every once in a while, and that's what keeps them coming back. Of course, of course. So the twenty dollars, yeah. we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say that night, and this is again these these gals are starting to lose me because that <laughs> night Bella is afraid to go into her bedroom. Because she's like, the overhead light's not working. And like, I'm still kind of nervous. And yet she tells Molly. I remember what I said. Throw all, all caution to the wind. What? Mm, yeah. Make it make sense. Are you guys afraid and on the lookout for potential dangers? Or are you out in these streets just gambling with your life? Just because a stranger's cute. Yeah. And like, honestly, I would be so scared. I'd be like, I don't want you to leave the apartment. Like, stay with me. Like, I'd be like, you don't need to go on a date. Men are back. (laughs) Just so I had someone to hang out with. (laughs) I know. I know. But I guess she's just like, listen, Molly's been in a drought, if you know what I mean. And maybe she thinks getting her some apps and maybe to second base is going to soften her mood and help her write this book. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. It's almost like they had that therapy that like removes trauma, but like some of it remains, you know, like it didn't work all the way. Cause it's like, they're afraid, but they're like random man. Yes, I will. Right. So we cut to their outdoor dinner date where Kyle tells us he's in real estate, but we also see the guy who was following them again, maroon button down. He's like watching this date from across the street. So it's like, okay, something is still going on. Kyle then walks Molly home. And when he realizes this is the apartment, she lives in he looks a little freaked out especially when she says like you know yeah i live in the penthouse and when she presses him for it you know it's like what's freaking you out he gives her some tea listen to this it's an old penthouse property it's had one owner for generations the last owners were a husband wife and son and they all just vanished one day oh my god what happened to them nobody knows they think that maybe they took a ride down the coast and went off the road and haven't been found. Or maybe that they moved to another country to avoid some tax evasion thing. Like, who knows? It's a total mystery. Okay. If someone dies in an apartment, they have to tell you. Yeah. But I guess this was vanishing. This was missing. This was a vanishing. So it's like, do they have to tell you about a vanishing? I would like that. I, I, listen, I know we've got a lot of laws reading on the books right now, (laughs) but if we could also add, this seems like maybe they could reach across the aisle for this to be like, if someone vanished, we'd like to know that too. So somehow though, even though, because apparently Molly says like, well, that doesn't scare me after what happened in my old apartment some years ago. She's like, okay, Molly, you're not afraid. And you know how not afraid she is? She invites Kyle upstairs to her apartment, okay? And she is immediately trying to smash. But he is, like, looking around the apartment, and he's, like, obsessed with the history. That's what I love about old apartments like this. It's the history. So much has happened here. And these walls, hear it all. But she's like, no, 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 we are hooking up, okay? (laughs) Molly makes it happen for herself. She said, I need this after four years. But... In the middle of the night, Kyle wakes up to an empty bed and he goes walking around the apartment to find Molly and she's like asleep in the other bedroom. She's asleep in Bella's bed because I think Bella's like with her boyfriend, a man named Carter, who makes no sense as a boyfriend. I need blueprints to this apartment. Once they said penthouse, I figured I was like, oh, this place is huge, huge. How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? Is there a kitchen nook? Like I and, and it is really beautiful. I'm. I don't know if like both the bedrooms look the same. Yeah. I was at times getting architecturally confused. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
so of course he finds her in the other bedroom and of course she wakes up with a start and she's like, I have trouble sleeping. You know, and, and she doesn't really give him all the info, but he's like, whatever happened to you, you are safe with me. Well, what a fool. The next morning, Molly wakes up to yet another text from her publisher being like, where's your book? And then also, <laughs> you have a book signing today. And then Molly tells Kyle. Stay as long as you want. Just lock the door behind you. This is something that is so insane to me that I can't even fathom it. And this, not even because Molly has been attacked in the past. I just mean straight up, you can't be leaving people up in your house. You don't know these yeah. people leaving hookups in your house. This is this is a classic Megan Gailey 2014 move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just would leave random men sprinkled about my apartment in Chicago. Oh my god! Did you have roommates? Yes, I did. And they would be like, "Who is this, Megan?" Oh, good lord, once, Megan! Once there was a guy who I was I had been dating him on and off for many years. My roommates hated him, and <laughs> I was like, I had to go to the retirement community I worked at. So yeah. I'm like, you just stay and sleep. I got home from work at 6 p.m. He's still there. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. And my roommates hated him. So it's like, oh, my God, he's been here for 24 hours, 12 of them with me here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's a nightmare. I, I couldn't know. even handle it. But she somehow says, do what you want to do, Kyle. And that night, she's at her book signing. It looks like night. Again, I'm like losing because like it's obviously like afternoon when she wakes up. It also looks like a bar. I thought it was like cool bookstore, like one of those hipster bookstores that's also a restaurant oh, okay. or something. It was like, <laughs> okay, that's could, the vibe I got from it. <laughs> you could tell out what a square I am. It's like, you can't have alcohol and books. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, this is swanky. All right. All right. Okay. Yes. At the signing, we see the guy, you know, maroon button down who's been following her and he's standing in the back of the crowd. The ragamuffin. Exactly. Well, at the end of the signing, he finally introduces himself and you know who he is? Detective Kramer, (laughs) Metro PD. I died. I can't even. He says, as I ran your name, your new address was flagged in a possible cold case investigation. First of all, if it's a cold case and Molly didn't have nothing to do with it, why are you tailing her like she a suspect? Oh, my God. Yeah, Molly has some questions. How about that? I'm like, Sir, why don't you leave your car under the, slip your card under the door and let's just talk like normal people. I just love how, and he's a good actor, and we're not saying he's un- unattractive. He's just dressed in a way <laughs> that you're like, oh, my God. And when I heard Cold Case, my ears perked up. I used to love this show called Cold Case yes, that was course. on CBS. Yeah, you watched it, too? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was obsessed. And then it honestly got to the point where it was always like some tragic accident. Mm -hmm. Like it'd be like, and then I was like, kind of, I would watch it and be sad. Like you would think it it sort of had a lifetime vibe where it'd be like, you think it's this person who's been like bad and mean the whole time. And then you're like, nope, it was actually a mother who accidentally killed her daughter. And you're like, (laughs) no. (laughs) So finally though, Molly does go to the detective and just like, what is going on? And he explains way too much, in my opinion. Listen to everything he has to say about the building. The uh, detectives believe that the son actually murdered the father. Really? Yeah, he had a history of behavioral issues. He was um, homeschooled in that apartment from a young age. Wow. Yeah, his mother kept him secluded in that apartment in, well into his 20s. Interesting. It was actually Gail Waterford who reported Daniel Chambers' missing. A relative. His mistress, actually. Oh, I see. And the son? Ethan Chambers is still missing. 
So, is it possible that the father and son were just mourning Grace's loss? Maybe traveling together or something? The last trace of Ethan we had was a large withdrawal from a savings account his mother set up for him. So if they just vanished into thin air, mm -hmm. how did I get this apartment? The mistress was listed as a sole benefactor to your estate. You're kidding. We've got okay. a <laughs> so first of all, why is the cop telling her all of this? Okay, if everyone's miss, like, why does she need all the ins and outs? Literally, all he has to say is, I am looking for people. Have you seen anything uh, unusual in the house? Can you please keep an eye out and send me things with the following names on it? He is giving her a full backstory. And I just felt like she is not a relative to these people. She should not have this information. The man yeah. dresses poorly and does his job poorly. But I will say, the man's mistress got all of his estate. That's a side piece I can get behind. I know. And that's the thing. It's like, well, thanks for giving us the tea, cop. Because we find out about a mistress. We've got, like, true Maury Povich happening. That's what this cop's name should be, Maury Povich. Because he's just like, yeah, there was a sexy decoy. And now she has the apartment. But it's interesting that they're even investigating this. Because there is a chance. And, and I know this happens with missing people cases sometimes but it's like they they could have just like up and moved to columbia you know like that's what yeah. when someone when there's not a body right you don't have a case nobody no case i watched a dateline where someone was like missing for four years and they just kept being like yeah no she ran away with her boyfriend and they were like she has a son she loved like she did not do that and this it's like it's basically just the mistress who's looking for him right 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 after all this wildness, Molly gets home. She gets another text from the editor being like, send me something tonight. But Molly is now inspired by everything the detective has told her. And she is just type, type, typing. She is just type, type, typing away. So it's like, good for her. Yeah, she's using this. And I'm confused because it's like the the editors or the publishers, like you're venturing into true crime. But I'm like, isn't what happened to Molly and Bella what she based her first book on? And that was true. And it was a crime. Yeah. But I guess she was like, I'm going to do a fictionalized version. Inspired by events. Maybe like inspired by true events. But look, she's feeling good about herself. She's finally getting something done. And at the end of the night, Kyle comes over with sushi and he spends the night again. And this time he's like in bed with her when she wakes up having a terrible, terrible nightmare. You know, the same thing we've been seeing. And this time she tells him what happened. They said he entered through the window. I was asleep. Bella was too. I didn't hear him come in. I just felt him. If you scream, if you resist, she's the one I'll hurt. And like Bella had to like sneak in to, you know, try to um basically untie Molly. The guy sees this. He's about to hurt Bella. But then a neighbor hears everything and then he ends up running away. So basically, you know, someone invades her home through an open window in the middle of the night and just almost does God knows what to her. No, and basically. we never find out who that man is. No, we do not. No, we do not. Part of me is like, what about that cold case? I said, what are you doing, detective? Thank you. Go on that one. Thank you. Miss Waterford, you're going to have to wait. Okay, so now we're like, okay, Molly and Kyle, like she's into him if she's giving him the info. She's telling him about her past. And the next morning, Bella is like, why don't you have a double date with me and Carter tonight? And 
that night they all, the four of them go out, but Kyle seems a little off though and like less excited as mm-hmm. Molly is talking about what she's learning about the family who lived in the house before and the things the detective told her. Then he's like, do you really think it's a good idea for you to write that story? I mean, I'm just, you're having those nightmares and memories. Maybe you should think about writing something else. And Molly, of course, is like, no, this is it. This is the story. And then, of course, her editor is all about it. So Molly's like, okay, I got to go do some research. Yeah. And this was the moment that I, one, realized they were sisters. So we're (laughs) (laughs) 50 minutes into a one hour and 20 minute film. And this is sadly the moment. It took me a while on this one, too, where I'm like, oh, I think Kyle's the little boy. Okay. That's where you got it. Okay. You you were way ahead of me. I felt it because, again, you know, in the Lifetime verse. Until we have someone else. Exactly. Right? He's the only person. Right. But I am wondering kind of how it's going to shake out. Like, I have the feeling he's a little boy, but part of me is like, is he actually evil? You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, Mm. is he more like too attached to the house and unwell? Or is he actually dangerous? This is what I don't know yet. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think I was blinded by Temptation Island. Yes. You know, that I'm like, not my Tom. I do have to say, I love the portrayal that agents, publishers, executives get in media, in TV and film. They are portrayed as like money grubbing, push, push, push. Like it's so funny, (laughs) especially I remember when I saw Star is Born and the guy was like, Ali, I'm a manager. I'm like, he's British. He's bad. Like when (laughs) when a manager or agent is British in a film, you're like, run. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to take you for all your words. So I, I has there ever been like any any movie, any film where they're like, my agent really came to that for me? <laughs> never, never. And it's like, you know who's writing these? People that have agents. Like, they're like, based on a true story. I actually, this is really bad, Naomi. I was writing a script that I knew. You know what I'm going to say? No, um, you just have an aside for everything today. And I'm you sorry. keep going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, tell it. Tell it. All I'm going to say is I wrote a character who was a douche and uh-huh. I gave him one of my agent's names and I sent it to my agent. Like, Megan, what? And it's like a specific name. So embarrassing. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to keep my asides. No, you are, you are on one today and it's just beautiful to witness. I think it's because like this is my time away from my child, you know, so I'm like, I love him dearly, but I just want to stretch it out with my gal pal. <laughs> I am delighted. I am entertained. I am entertained, if nothing else. And that's what I come here for. And I think that's what the listeners come here for. <sighs> Thank you. That's kind of you. <laughs> Molly is Googling and she. <laughs> She finds Gail Waterford. She finds the mistress and articles and and pictures. And, you know, she's getting some scoop on this apartment. Then she hears something and starts walking around the apartment and listening to the walls, which I don't think I would know to do. I don't think I would either. I think, again, this is like Molly, again, is this person who has been a victim before. She's like, okay, where is danger? This could be anywhere. Yeah. So she notices there's a hole off to the side of the cabinet in the bathroom and she opens it up and she finds a huge hole in the bathroom wall. Giant. Like she's able to pry this cabinet off like easily. Okay, Molly is not strong. This cabinet is, you know, like a real, you know, bathroom cabinet. Honey, it's hanging on by a thread and it is covering a hole big enough for a person. All right, let's take a break. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we are back. There is a hole in the wall. It's like almost like when a cartoon character runs through a wall and their like shape is left in it, you know? <laughs> That's like, it is massive. A Kool-Aid man size hole. In the wall. And also, I didn't even realize the cabinet's at like kind of a weird height. You know, like I should have clocked it. Molly should have clocked it. It's like, why is there a cabinet right next to the toilet? I guess you'll never be out of toilet paper, but (laughs) it's strange. Well, she leans into the hole to look around and it looks like a... No. Thank you. I was like, again, it's like, Molly, now it's like, I thought you wanted to live. I thought you were trying to be smart and strong, but she looks in and then... She sees it. She freaks out and calls Kyle. Nope. And he comes over and he's like, I've seen these before on some older properties. Sometimes a place will have a fire or some damage. And instead of spending money and refitting it, close it off the wall. So he like gets some plywood and closes up the hole for her, which I was like, okay, Kyle, manly, active. Aren't you a realtor? Okay, you need to be going, this is a bad flip. (laughs) Flip or flop, this is a flop. Oh my God. There's nothing funnier. So the next morning after waking up from another nightmare, Molly contacts Gail Waterford, the mistress, and we see them at a coffee shop, okay? Which, can we just imagine what it is to be Gail Waterford and be like, hi. Hi, Gail, my name is Molly. You don't know me, but I'm a best-selling author, and I am now (laughs) living in the penthouse apartment of your former lover. And I have some questions. Like, I just, like, don't know. If I was Gail, if I would meet this girl. The thing is, Gail Waterford is so lovely. I truly loved her. Like, yes, be a step-grandmother to me. You know, <laughs> like, I've never connected with a mistress so much. <laughs> and besides my own grandfather's mistress, who we called Mistress Patty. Um, <laughs> mistress with his second wife. And we did not care about her. Recently found out she's dead. Rest in peace. Oh, no. um, so Gail says that um, her her boyfriend, Daniel... Um, his son, Ethan, was troubled. Yeah, <laughs> troubled. <laughs> Which is 1945 talk. Exactly. <laughs> Such code. And that when the mom died, so that is tragic, yeah. that, that he got worse. He became delusional. Ethan believed his mother would come home again. In the end, Daniel had enough. He wanted to have Ethan institutionalized and as we saw from that opening clip it's like yeah the mom was the one that was like no little baby boy i will take care of you and right. then she's gone and the dad hated him so yeah. it's like yeah of course that didn't go well and then daniel talked about sending ethan to an institution but Eesh. the next thing gail knew 
both Daniel and Ethan were just gone, like up and disappeared. And you could tell that Gail was like, um, I loved him. Like once his wife died, <laughs> she really thought they were about to make a go of it. And he just disappeared. And so that's all she gets. And then Molly's like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that you're hurting. And it's just like, Molly, who are you to Gail? But she goes back in the, the apartment and it seems like someone is inside because basically yeah. she goes into the kitchen and you see a figure, you know, cross the camera. <laughs> and when she gets back to the table where her laptop is, the music box that her father had given her that was sitting right next to the laptop is no longer there. And so then she starts looking everywhere for it. She can't find it. She calls Bella to see if she stopped by earlier and took it. But it's like, Bella's like, Are you okay? You sound kind of scared. And it's so funny because Bella is, again, she's like in a vague office job. She's sitting at a conference table with papers. And so it's just yeah. like, she's business. And we don't really know. But Carter also works there, it seems like. And I just have to say Carter and Bella are the most mismatched couple I've ever seen. <gasps> Why do you say Carter that? Carter looks like a huh. minor league football player retired who did not maintain. Okay. Okay. Well, now you know why I screamed hunk. Um, <laughs> and, and you think Bella deserves better? I just felt like she looked to me like she would be playing. She's kind like, of a square. A, t a twilight vampire. You know what I mean? Oh. Like she just, there's something very Victorian about her because she's so pale, mm -hmm. the red hair, the fine features. She's reading 1888 to me. Mm, okay. You know, she's well, not of this time. I'll have you know, there are. Some people that are attracted to redheads. I know you obviously find that hard to believe, but. Um, you know, I love a redhead. Redheads are my favorite because I said they're as white as you can possibly be while also being a minority. And that's something I love. Okay. And I speak as one of them. They're the white people that everyone likes to make fun of. As I sit here across from a picture of Conan O'Brien in my husband's <laughs> office. Why is Conan in the office? Is that for inspiration? No, he, he's he got a rolling. It's the rolling stone cover of him. And when I did Conan and Conan walked over to me, the first thing he said was, you look like everyone in my family. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, and then I he goes, you how is your dad? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, we might be related. You know, it's yeah. like your family ran out of potatoes. My family ran out of potatoes. <laughs> and here we are in Burbank. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so that night, Molly is working. The editor, Heather, texts again. This is classic. This is classic, though. The book needs something more. Uh, just vague. Just a vague, not helpful note. Something more. And if you find it, you've got yourself a deal. Heather, play with your kids. It's also like, I got confused because I was like, doesn't she already have the deal, which is why you're hounding the poor woman? You see what I'm saying? Like, if she didn't have a deal, you wouldn't be bothering her nonstop. She's got a hot bestseller that she's doing packed book readings, and they're like, we're struggling. This business, I, I tell you. Publishing is just, it's a too tough. So Molly, oh, for some reason, her thought is, after this text, she decides to take off the plywood that Kyle put up to cover the hole, and she decides to climb through it. Now, before she does that, she calls Bella and she's like, Bella, it's me. Look, I know you're probably on some magical date with Carter, but maybe you can talk me out of what I'm about to do. She don't say what it is. She left a voicemail, so she didn't want to be talked out of nothing. And she climbs through the hole. She walks in there, honey, a giant crawl space, and finds what 
are obviously signs of a squatter. Okay, we're talking <laughs> a bed, a bed, clothes, food strewn about, a toilet. It looked like at one point a bedside table. I mean, the IKEA furniture. Swear, swear to God. And then she like keeps walking through, and then again, this is where the geography messed me up because then it seems like she's walking into a large empty space that looks like it's being renovated. So somehow this crawl space leads to away from the actual apartment yeah. and into like the building as a whole. I'm confused. And then there's like a shaft. Okay. Yeah. So I just like don't even know. But she also finds her music box, a bag of cash, and a copy of her book on the nightstand, the makeshift nightstand. And her reaction isn't, oh, a fan. It's obviously <laughs> terror. And like Parasite has really inspired a batch of Lifetime films. Yes, yes. We have got an apartment, a yeah. full-blown apartment that yeah. at best what she was going to find in there was like black mold. At worst, <laughs> it was a nightstand with her book on it. You know, like this is so terrifying. I know, I know. It's so nuts. And then just as she's noticing all this stuff, she's hit over the head. Oh, and God. she wakes up in the crawl space with like a cut on her head. She manages to crawl out and get into the apartment. And she has her phone and she's like trying to make a call. And just as she's trying to make this call. Well, here's the thing. She's calling Kyle. It's ringing. And she hears a phone vibrating behind her. Which means Kyle is the one. Okay. Y'all. Now, I saw this coming. She calls him Ethan, okay? Yep. And I'm like, well, of Little course. Boy. Who else? But here's the thing. Here are a couple of things for me. I'm laughing because when Kyle says he is, quote, in real estate, now I believe he just means I live in a, in a crawl space. I live in a wall. You can say I'm in real estate because you technically are. You are inside I, of real estate. <laughs> that is what he is, okay? Well, you know what? I'm in real estate, too. I need to know my second question. Where's that bag of cash from? There's a bag of cash in the crawl space. Where did Kyle get that cash? And like, how is he keeping fresh? You know, like. I know. This is why, thank God, we are talking to Kyle later on. We need we need the actor who plays Kyle to just answer some questions. Because it's like, how are you? Because he's coming to these dates. He is looking good. He yeah. is looking clean. He's obviously not looking like maroon button down. Okay. No, no. He's living in a wall and he looks better than the cop <laughs> who we assume has a home. Okay. So in true lifetime form, we get the monologue where he confesses it all and what's been going on. Listen. I couldn't let this place go. It was all that I had left. And he wanted to get rid of it. Just like he wanted to get rid of me. She was right. It keeps me safe. This is my home, Molly. My home! He told me about the other woman. He told me they were gonna run away together. He was gonna sell my home. Send me away. I didn't want to kill him. Okay, so the fact that his dad mm -hmm. wanted to sell the apartment yep. drove him to kill him. Drove him to okay. kill him. I think what's really tricky is that, like, because when we meet little kid Ethan, Ethan. slash Kyle, right. he's just playing with a wooden train. 
So it's hard to know. Like, I think if you needed to tell me, like, not just have people say he's dangerous, I feel like he should have been, like, carving in the walls. He should have, you know what I mean? Like, had blood under his fingernails. Like, (laughs) something to let me know how bad he was because he was a little boy with a train. And he's banging it on the hardwood. And I guess we're supposed to be like, you can't treat Florissa that way. (laughs) Psycho. Okay, so it's revealed that how he discovered that he should live in the wall is that he like goes in there, finds that it goes to this like abandoned elevator shaft. Yeah. So he kills his dad. He kind of makes it sound like it was an accident. Like, he's like, I banged him with a hammer. And it's like, well, that's not really an accident. Yeah. And then he hides his body in the abandoned elevator shaft, like buries him down there. Right, right. (sighs) But then, of course, you know, Molly is like, what was your plan with me? That we could live here together, Molly. Forever. Because basically what we find out, right, that is all the renters before would only stay for like a month. Because obviously Kyle is doing things to make them leave. But I guess he saw Molly and he also is like, you remind me of my mother. Never a good sign, honey. Nope. And he's like, I am going to make her mine. Which I will say, like, he, you know, he, Kyle really never seems bad until he's bad. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he does seem like he's just like a sweet boy with a crush. And then it just turns. And that's, again, where I'm like, so is he, I was like, he's violent? Like, part of me almost thought it was going to be that he was, you know, suffering from a mental illness. Which he is. He is, but like that. But also violent. Exactly, right? Like, I was like. What? Because, you know, again, at this point, you know, what is he? He's 20. He's 30. You know, his character's 30. Maybe, you know, he's got his hormones have recalibrated. Maybe he is <laughs> no longer deadly. But yeah, he's like the same as any other 30 year old man. So Molly tries to get away from him. She goes back into the wall. <laughs> just like, babe, that's not how you get away. <laughs> no, that, that's that's worse than the running up the stairs of horror films. Oh, Don't go in the wall that the man lives in. OK, that seems like a good rule of thumb. And so he goes after her. Then Bella gets there and Molly doesn't like, I guess she doesn't be like Molly or I guess she doesn't be like, Bella, get out of here because it would give away where she is. But she does. She says, Bella, run, like get out. But at like the last second. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're saying too late, too late. Because then Kyle, Ethan grabs Bella and pulls her through the damn wall. (laughs) And I'm just like, but I'm gonna tell you this though. He pulls her through the damn wall, but it's like, Bella, you know, you gotta stop. These sisters have got to stop looking in holes. They got to stop leaning over into crawl spaces. Nothing good comes of it. No. Okay? And basically, the next thing we know, Bella is sort of, re- is being, she's not restrained. She's just like kind of cowering. And we're all kind of in the elevator shaft, you know, where dad was thrown. We're in the wall. Yeah, but like, aren't we like in that space between, at the end, we like, they're in that space where, like, the shaft is. It, it's where it, like, opens up. We're yes. in the living room of the wall. <laughs> Open We're in concept. the great room. The family room. <laughs> <laughs> this is where he does his entertaining. And it seems like he's about to kill Bella. And this is something I never really understand, where it's like a killer's like, I love you. I have to kill your family. Like, that's not how you get someone on your side. Never. If you're saying, I want to be with you, you can't kill somebody's sister. <laughs> that's not going to work unless their sister is evil and they want them dead. Exactly. But that's not the case here. No. No. So he starts to attack Bella, but then Molly is able to get him to stop by doing the stop. 
You were right. It doesn't need to be like this. I can see that now. Lifetime classic. Pretend you love the crazy. That's a rule to live by. A lifetime rule to live by. Pretend you love the crazy. We can live in the wall together. <laughs> and he's like, these walls will keep you safe. And so he like drops Bella, like not down the shaft, but he just like lets go of her. <laughs> and, you know, she's coaxing him to come closer and closer. And she's like, I'm still scared. But we can protect each other. Here. It's ours now. And then, of course, what does she do? She knocks him over the head. Yes! He falls back. He's all, he's down the elevator shaft or whatever the shaft is. But he's holding on to Molly's arm. Ooh, ooh. And I go, don't take her with you. Don't take no. her with you. And luckily, he finally lets go. And then we cut to a year later. Molly, at that same cool bookstore from earlier, the bookstore slash bar restaurant. <laughs> and she is reading an excerpt from her new book in front mm-hmm. of an audience. And I want to tell you, it seems she has found her truth, right? Because she's like, my sister and I decided not to run any longer. The nightmares come and go. The memories fade with age, like healing scars. But our legs our hearts and our minds. They're tired of running. And I think that's kind of funny that the way you let go of the first intruder is by killing the second intruder. If I was them, I'd say, we can't live together anymore. We have got to move somewhere else entirely. Maybe go into witness protection. We are, we have bad juju. We need to find who the first attacker was. (laughs) I mean. Have we given Carter once over? (laughs) Also, when she's doing this book reading, she's doing it to an audience that's in front of her. And then there's also just a group of 10 (laughs) random people standing behind her. And I can only describe them as people that are dressed as wedding guests. (laughs) Like there's a man in like a a button down shirt and khakis who's just like holding his hands in front of him. They're not her agents. They're not the publishers. I'm like, who are these people? I know. I know. some of the crowd behind her. (laughs) And I love that because they're obviously extras that they got, you know, upgraded to you're going to stand behind her. And it's screen time for them. Honey, you need the screen time. I'm happy. I'm happy. You got to start somewhere. I mean, this movie has twists and turns and Kyle really kept us guessing, which is why there is no better guest for us right now. Than the hider in the house himself, Thomas <laughs> Gibson. Okay, that movie was a wild ride, and I am so happy that we now get to talk to the hider in the house himself. <laughs> That's me, Thomas Gibson. Okay, Tom. Do we call you Tom? Do you go Thomas? What's yeah, that? yeah, Tom, Tom or Tom. Thomas. Tom is good. Okay, okay. I know you as Tom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you as Tom. Well, talk about why you know him as Tom. Well, so I am a big fan of the television show <laughs> Temptation Island. And I really am. And so Tom was a star of it yeah. and slid into my DMs. Well, this... this is what I want to know. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Okay, because you follow me on Insta. You follow Megan. Now, how did you know to DM Megan? How did you know she would be the Temptation Island? How did you know that I was a Temptation Island viewer? I didn't. I didn't. I was pleasantly, (laughs) pleasantly surprised when you said that. Um, But you had less followers. So I felt that (laughs) 
that's not a slight. It's just the likelihood that it'll be seen is greater when you have less followers. Okay. I'm I'm more approachable. Okay, well. Yeah, you're more approachable. We'll go, we'll Came go on and dragged my ass. Came oh my gosh. Dragged. I mean Wow. So I took a screenshot when you DM'd me and I sent it to my Temptation Island crew. Um, because there's a, a group of comedy writers that watch Temptation Island and they were now one of these gals has a hit Broadway show right now that like Katie Kirk is going to Jennifer Aniston I sent you and she goes this is huge <laughs> so you, you are a New York Times best-selling show right now it's like we got Tom Gibson okay hey. back it up back it up well, thank you. Now, can you talk to us about, this is your first Lifetime joint, isn't it? My first is a lead. I was in one a year ago, but a very like day player had a small role as a, a bike mechanic. It was called Burning Little Lies. <gasps> oh, fun. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> no, the library is extensive. So this is your time as a lead, though, but this is also very inspirational, okay? We're saying day player to lead. Anything can happen. Yeah. 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 How did it feel? I mean, we know we sh they shoot these movies, you know, Pretty quick. Fast quick, and furious. Fast and furious in the pandemic. How was the process for you? It was extremely fast paced. I, I got the call from my manager. She said, um, you know, they, they, they want to hire you. I had done the audition probably two months prior to getting wow. that call. So I had forgot, you know, I forgot about it. And, you know, I'm just like, yeah, uh, sure. Let me, let me find out what it is again. <laughs> <laughs> Remind myself. And they wanted to fly me out. It, it shot in uh, Clearwater, Florida. Okay, oh, I would okay. not Scientology, that. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Danger. Is that, is, is that a thing in Clearwater? I didn't know that. You didn't, they like own Clearwater. They have a giant like base there. Tom, did you pick up any brochures you're not aware of while you were down there? <laughs> I, I live in Hollywood, West yeah. Hollywood. Oh, There's true. plenty of brochures yeah. around here. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I got the call and they wanted to fly me out like, five days later about wow. and sh I, I landed I got in Florida I think on, on like a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday and we were supposed to sh start shooting Friday wow. um, and because of all the quarantine rules mm -hmm. like I thought we were gonna like have a you know a table read with the director and, the other yeah. and it was kind of it was like no we'll do a zoom the night before and, and we did a quick little zoom and I, I'm like oh wow we're we're going into this <laughs> and then <laughs> day one of shooting it was like me trying to get my feet under me yeah okay. I, I felt very very um like oh wow this is you know like it's very fast-paced i've done a, a few independent films there's more time with them there's less i mean obviously there's still the time constraints and the daylight and all that stuff but it's less of a of a you know the ad was just like all right we gotta move yeah move, move, move. so <laughs> wow and, and i had because i had just booked it i'm trying to memorize the entire yeah you know, script and i don't know exactly the order we're going to be shooting in so i'm like wow which scene should i be prioritizing and so it was it was a it was a very very just frenetic energy <laughs> in the beginning. Well, what I was speaking of like you not knowing what sequence, what order did you shoot in? You know, because obviously you take a big turn, honey. You take a big turn. Yeah. You know, so it's like, did you guys do you know good half first or bad half first? Bad boy. It was all. It, it was more about location. Oh wow. Yeah, it was, it was all, all over. over. So I had to. Okay. And it, it was interesting because when I'm playing Kyle, when I first read it and I, and I booked it. And I was trying to make it make sense. I didn't, what I didn't want to happen was for it to be this charming ladies man, smooth character. And then suddenly at the end, the turn, it's like, he's a complete mama's boy living in the wall, afraid of the world. Can't. So I was like, how can I make that where it doesn't not make sense? You know, I wanted it to like, 
How can mm-hmm. this guy mm-hmm. still be able to pick up an attractive, successful woman like Molly and at the same time be this psychologically damaged person? <laughs> <laughs> you are, you're describing dating in 2022. <laughs> I guess, I guess. So it was kind of the same character throughout. You know, it was just him, him just hiding it in front of Molly, because I really have only scenes with Molly. I'm not with any other characters. Yeah. So every time I'm with her, I'm just trying to put on the the confident side, but it's just a, a front mm-hmm. for a frightened, angry child man that eventually comes out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> This is too real. I know it really is. Well, and now that you say that, it's really interesting because you do play like, quote unquote, nice guy, Kyle, kind of sweet and sensitive and like a little almost like, I wouldn't say like dorky, but you're because you're so handsome. But like when you're in the bookshop, it's like, wow, I I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, he's a And it's like. Yeah, but you're hot, dude. And can't you believe this is happening? And that's what I was trying to go for, like that it was a boyish charm Mm -hmm. that she was attracted to. That, you know, she, yeah. Instead of just being like the school (laughs) dude. And then, but I also live in the wall because I'm afraid. Like, to me, that didn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I also live in the wall. (laughs) I mean, this is giving me hope that auditions that I had two months ago, maybe I'm going to get a call for You're really, you're, you're inspiring Naomi and me to be like, we're never out of the running. I do need to ask you, Tom, about how you, like, what did you draw on to become crazy? Because I think that what can really happen in a Lifetime movie, it's very easy to get histrionic. It's very easy to go too big. It really, really is. And I felt like you didn't do that. Like, when you were like, this is my house, I was just like, oh my God. (laughs) Is that, you know, you talked about independent films and stuff, like, is playing the bad guy a departure for you? Because obviously, sweetest can be cute as a button. No, I, I tend to play the charming male lead that has a dark side. Okay. Oh. Kind of like the Penn Badgley and you. Yes. Like, oh, nice. Okay. Then you find out dark side. So that I have played. There's another film I did on, on Amazon called By Any Means where it's a similar type journey where this, you, the guy seems innocent enough and, and altruistic. And then it turns out no. Okay, wow. Dear ladies, that's who you gotta look out for. <laughs> that's who you gotta look out for. Yeah. Was that a fun turn to to play? Now, obviously, when you did the audition, you just had specific sides. Was it bad Kyle or, or nice Kyle for the audition? Both. The audition I had, I think it was like okay. 11 or 12 pages uh, of copy. Woo! And wow. I think Woo! it was three or four scenes, but it was definitely split. I, I know I had the scene... Woo! One where it was like the charm, I forget which date scene. It might've been them at dinner or him at the bookstore. And then uh, the scene at the end where, or, where he's like, yeah. she's sitting down against the this wall. Yeah, my, this is my home. Yeah. That's yeah. the scene I auditioned for. Wow. If you don't mind, I would love some Temptation Island tea <laughs> to bring back to my fans. First of all, I, I think you and Chelsea are still together. Yeah. This is great. Okay, Wait, that's, people I mean, actually make relationships? I've never seen it. Don't I'm be offended, no. Tom. Okay, so him, (laughs) Tom and Chelsea were together. Then they go to the island. They're separated. And Chelsea is in a house with a dentist I did not like. Okay. Never liked the dentist, Tom. (laughs) And Tom is in a house with a bunch of hot ladies. And they're tempted. And then at the end, they decide, do they want to get back together? Or do they want to go their separate ways? Or are they going to go with someone they met on the island? Okay. Okay. I mean, kind of a flawless reality show, if you ask me. (laughs) 
That was that was filmed in Hawaii, correct? Which island? Maui? Uh, Maui, yeah. I'm just proud of myself. I knew it was Maui. Now, in terms of acting, were you were you an actor before you went on Temptation Island? Yes. Okay. And did you worry at all about being like, oh, am I going to now be like recognized as a quote unquote reality star? Is that going to mess up like my my acting path or like what? Basically, should Naomi and I go on The Bachelor? Yes, you guys should. No, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. we're both we're both in long term. I'm married with a child. Yeah, I, um, I and Naomi has a long term partner. But I think they would let us go on The Bachelor if they thought it was going to help our careers. Well, I, I had a conversation with my, my manager, and I, I asked, "Would this be you know once I, it became a reality that we were actually they were going to hire us to do it?" Because it was a very rigorous uh, process of. of interviews and auditions and crazy stuff we had to like do on tape like get in our bathing suit and dance and like all this wild stuff um but this was in the smack dab beginning state like the the tiger king stages of the pandemic (laughs) so like everything was shut down we were just home and um so then when it happened i I contacted my team and i said you know this this would be all right right like it's not 20 years ago where it kind of had more of a stigma to it and uh it's, she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, today it's like they look at, you know, your following and verified and all that mm-hmm. stuff that has, you know, merit to a lot of people that are casting their eyes. So I was like, all right, let's do it. I mean, it'll be fun. We've been in the house for six months. Let's <laughs> go to Hawaii. Let's, you know, have fun and drink. And, and I mean, you saw it. So it became uh, it wasn't what I expected. It was yeah. very, very different from what uh, Chelsea and, and I were both expecting. But, you know, we wrapped up. We, we left together, as you know. Spoiler alert for those who haven't <laughs> seen. And, uh, yeah, we stayed together. And that was about a year and a half ago now. In fact, wow. shout out to uh, my... Mark great... L. Wahlberg. Well, yes, he's amazing. He's, he's the amazing. host. <laughs> shout out to Mark. But also to, to Julian and Kristen. They're actually getting married uh, soon. We'll, oh, in... yes. I yes. loved them. <laughs> yes. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're great. Uh, they were great. And he was a football player, I think. He is. He is with yeah. the, the, that new league, too. The, oh, the US the, like gamblers. The, oh my gosh, yeah. my husband does make me watch that. Okay, kind of keep my eye out. I've seen him on every platform then. Okay, so you let us know that Naomi and I are the first ones that have seen Hyder in my house. What are you excited for people to see about this movie? Like what what do you think makes it a special lifetime film? Well, I'm I'm curious to see if 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 either of you were able to predict that I was the one because I mm-hmm. wanted I wanted it was a delicate balance that Dave, the director and I were working on where we didn't want it obviously to be revealed. But at the same time, I didn't want to make it so, like I said, like so incongruent that it doesn't make sense. Well, I will say this, you know, it's hard with me and Megan because obviously we are lifetime scholars. Right. So we've been mm-hmm. watching these movies in and out day after day. So we're a little more peaked, I think, than your average viewer. Right. Like where we're like, OK, something's up. But I will say this. You played it smart. I swear to God, Mm -hmm. because there's like a little scene where you're watching her walk. You're watching her walk into the fake apartment where she's trying to fake you out. And when you notice she's faked you out, you smile a little bit to yourself. I said, that's a move. That's a delicate boy. (laughs) Like you just had these little moments and these expressions where I was like, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You, You honestly had me duped. And I have evidence of this because when you first DM'd me, I was maybe... 20 minutes into the movie and in my email to our producer Naomi I called you the romantic lead little did I know <laughs> you're a damn psychopath so 20 I'm minutes both. in I'm like okay we've got freaking rom-com temptation island over here 
And then, yes, you live in a hole in the wall. And I was shocked. Well, I just want to know a couple of things. Like, where are you showering in that hole in the wall? Because you come out, you look fresh. You look clean. You look together for it's a minute. It's a pretty the- nice studio apartment, to be <laughs> <Yeah>. honest. <laughs> so the idea is that when they would leave, whoever was living there, when they would leave, I would come out through that closet entrance. Okay. And use the apartment to my to my liking. Honestly, I've seen worse places in New York City. Um, (laughs) I really have. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really happy. This is the most successful DM I've ever had from a man. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for having me on. I'm so delighted to be on you. I've listened to a few episodes. You guys are hilarious. Um, Like literally, I was dying laughing at a few few times at the cracks you guys have. Did I just hear a tinge of an East Coast accent? Yeah. Oh, you did? Where are you from? Philly? New Jersey. Jersey. Yep. Jersey. I heard it. I felt the Jersey. Yeah. You're giving me young Tom Cruise. So take that and run with it. Okay. I will. I will. will. Take that all the way to the back. Okay. Tell Chelsea hi. (laughs) I loved hearing her like Pittsburgh accent on TV. It was. (laughs) She's from Philly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was somewhere in Pennsylvania. I said, this girl, love her. Hot teacher vibes. Okay, Tom. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Tom Gibson. Tom Gibson. What a sweetie boy. Listen, he he pulled a Megan where he insulted me at the top of the interview. And that's that's what I deserve. You know? I love that he said, well, you have less followers. So... I really thought he saw me and said, Temptation Island viewer. Exactly. I was thinking, too, that he was, like, profiling. And I was just, like, you know, I was very interested in how he can tell. He can tell a fan. He did profile. (laughs) (laughs) He said, oh, she's not successful. I'll ask her. (laughs) And and you know what's great? He nailed it. Because I was like, ah! I was a buzz. I was a buzz. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm glad we got some Temptation Island cues answered. And he was lovely. And... It's funny because it's like Lifetime really nails the casting. He is yeah. that guy, the sweet boy with the dark past. And you know what I think it is? It's the sweet smile with the chiseled jaw because chiseled wow. jaw equals evil in Lifetime universe. Yeah. And he's pretty, I've seen him with his shirt off a bunch and he's jacked. So I only bring that up to be like, Lifetime, I think we're going to be seeing more of him. Oh, yeah. Def- oh, my God. Imagine him and Anna Marie. Dobbins. Dobbins. Oh my God, put those two together. Yes, okay. And next week, wow, we have a film that sounds like a doozy. We've been in this land of children and now we're going to college with College Professor Obsession. Love it. Love the title I'm in already. It's like a Lifetime Mad Libs (laughs) title, you know? Okay, so Grace Patterson is excited for her freshman year of college. But when her professor asked for favors in exchange for good grades, Mm. things take a turn for the worse. In her attempts to report him, she discovers he may be linked to a mysterious death on campus just weeks before her arrival. (gasps) Now, her search for answers could lead to life-threatening danger. Okay. 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 Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Isn't that wild when it wasn't even the murder that was the first problem? You see what I'm saying? No. It's that he... It it seems like maybe he wants a handy or something. and He's inappropriate. Just the name Grace. It's like, she's a good student. (laughs) She doesn't... She does not... Just let her do her thing, okay? <laughs> let her take the test. Let her write the essay. Uh, if this professor is ugly, 
Don't get me started. It's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch this movie on Lifetime Movie Club with your current subscription or go to lifetimemovieclub.com slash podcast and sign up for a free seven-day trial. Oh my God, you guys, this is worth it. Imagine the seven days you could have just watching movie after Lifetime movie. We'll see you next week. Don't be late for class. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? (laughs) It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.